Hey guys, welcome to my series of podcast episodes about what? How? Um, My goal with these episodes is going to be to try to explain to you what a certain comprehensible input strategy is and how to implement it in your classrooms. I hope they're helpful for you. Welcome back to my series on what? How? Today I'm going to be focusing on a strategy that I have only started doing in the last year or so with my students and I value it. But there's a lot of things I've learned as I have practiced this strategy and used it more often and hopefully those tips will help you implement it successfully if you would like to. The strategy I'm going to talk about today is called Write and Discuss. And you've probably heard this before, especially if you're a member of the CI Liftoff group on Facebook. And there's some debate about there about how much this helps students acquire language, if it's output, should we be using this in our classes? And I think a lot of the debate and the confusion comes from the fact that there are some misunderstandings about what Write and Discuss is, and that sometimes, honestly, teachers drag the strategy out too long. So getting into Write and Discuss, basically the what of it is that when you are in class and you tell a story or you do card talk or you do calendar talk, whatever your guided oral input for that lesson is that you have spoken to your students in the target language, you are going to turn that into written language, which is super powerful, especially with languages like French, where the spelling is so very different than the, the, what they hear when you speak to them. And so it helps them kind of make that connection between what they hear and what they see, which is really important, especially working with students and improving their spelling and grammar and everything, which isn't our main focus, but it is helpful in that way. So what usually happens is a teacher will either on their whiteboard or on chart paper or typing up on a Google Doc, or I use a piece of lined paper and I sit at a little station that I have in the front of my classroom that's hooked up to my document camera and to my smart TV. Um, I don't really know what to call it. That's what I'm going to call it. It's not a smart board. It's basically a huge 65-inch TV that's interactive and touchscreen. And I have my document camera hooked up to that. So as I'm sitting down, relaxed, in front of my students, we can write and create a text together. We're co-creating this text. And so basically the goal of Write and Discuss is to summarize what you talked about in class on the piece of paper. Now, here are some tips for you. Number one, try to keep it to three to seven sentences, especially with your novice students. You don't want to overwhelm them. When you first do this strategy, I would recommend doing this unless your students are used to seeing text in the target language that are of paragraph length, I would recommend doing this as numbered sentences. So for example, if we had just done calendar talk, and I even used this strategy on the first day of school, and I have lots of examples of it on my YouTube channel, which you can just search Caitlin Leppert and it will come up. I will put number one, the weekend is very popular. Number two, zero students prefer the week. Number three, the favorite day is Friday, and I'm done. That's all I will write. 
And then obviously, as we do this practice throughout the, the year, the sentences will get longer. But it's not just you recycling the language. That does happen, but you're leading students to contribute as well. Because sometimes you can make tweaks and make your language more interesting to students. So, for example, if we are writing about a character we just created in class, I would start it with, there is a shoe or pizza? And the students will all shout out, shoe. And then I might say, the shoe calls himself, if it has a name, the shoe calls himself, sometimes I linger, like if it's a really obvious answer and I know what it is, like they can, if the shoe's name is Ricardo, then they will remember that from the input. That's not really necessarily a target language word that they're going to have to recall. So we have just said, you know, there is a shoe. The shoe's named, and they'll be like, Ricardo, and I'll write it down, period. And then we'll say... Ricardo is, and then I'll say big or small, and they shout out which one it is, and I'll say big or very big, very big, you know, I'll give them kind of options to up the language, and so they're giving the information to me in small bits, and it's basically like if I were giving them questions and answers, or doing like a quick quiz, or doing PQA with them, where I would give them, um you know, either or options to scaffold their understanding. And sometimes as we're writing, depending on if it's like factual information that came up in the input, or if it's something like we're creating details about something or embellishing the story, you know, I might say, um, you know, we might have talked about that. um, For example, if we were doing a, a special person interview and we were describing Alexis, we might have said like, Alexis is great, or Alexis is a good student. And so as we're writing, I might say Alexis is a good student, or Alexis is a fabulous student. And a lot of times they will choose the more interesting or exciting adjective. And so it's an opportunity to expose them to synonyms and similar language And the students who are ready to acquire some of those different words or structures, their brains will suck that up. Um, But the other students will still understand because you had been using language that you did in class. Now, I think the tendency during that co-creation part is for us to be like, yeah, let's keep going, let's keep going. And really, the focus of this activity, yes, it's to write and create a class text, But it's also then to have something that the students can read and use later and get repetitions in. It can be used. So I would keep your write and discuss to three to seven sentences. And even when you're doing this with advanced students, the focus isn't to make it longer. It's to make the language you're using more complex. You may use, you know, you might use connecting words and transition words and um, phrases and clauses and all of that to make your sentences more academic and meaty, so to speak. You're not just going to be making, oh, because you're in Spanish 4, we're going to do 10 sentences. No, we might do only three or five sentences, but they're going to be good, solid sentences that they would expect you to write on the AP test or something along those lines. So think about the quality of the language you're using, not necessarily the quantity. And then 
after we have this text, it's what you do with it that's so important. So just creating this text with your students, that's a great activity, helps summarize the information, you're getting some repetitions in, but it's kind of choppy and it's all over the place and it's not very fluid. So as soon as I'm done doing write and discuss, I will reread the text to the students back to them in Spanish, in the target language, with the appropriate tone, with the expression, so they can hear how it should sound. Now, I'm not a perfect Spanish speaker, but I am the best model of the language in the classroom. Then, after that, we will go through and chorally, so all the students at the same time, we will chorally translate the language or the text word for word. So we'll read it back through and they will translate it into English as I point to the words on the document camera or on the whiteboard or on the computer screen or what's being projected, word for word. That way I can teach into the areas that they do not understand yet how the target language compares with the class's first language. So if there's a hesitation, I'm not speaking during this time, I'm just pointing to words. But if there's a hesitation, I can circle that word on the board or on the paper and I can say oh that ah means to or that lay means to him and then we go back either like to like a couple words before to a place where it makes sense or the beginning of the sentence and we reread it now that they confidently can say and know what that word that they were hesitant before means then after we've gone through and translated into English you can do a whole bunch of things with it once you have a text, you can do extension activity after extension activity. So you could do, you know, a dictation with this. You could do a volleyball reading with this. You could do an activity where the students have to add extra details in or add another sentence. The next day as a bell ringer, you could have them translate a couple of the sentences into English. You can recycle these texts in many ways. I put these texts up on Google Classroom for my students to utilize as notes when they're absent. And then they'll know kind of what we talked about. I also run off copies of these texts and put them in folders in my classroom library. And it's a go-to place for my students who are especially struggling readers because they know they'll be able to understand these short texts that we have written together in class because it's familiar content. So I hope that helps you visualize what Write and Discuss is. Basically, you are turning what you used for input for the day into a written text with your students. You want to keep it short, about three to seven sentences or so. You want to get their input as you write it together, but then after you're done writing it, use it. Read it. Get their eyes on text. Get those repetitions in. You could have them act it out. You could do Reader's Theater. There's so much you could do with it in the end. So I hope that helps you understand Write and Discuss a little bit better. And let me know if you try it and how it's working for you and if you have any other questions about it. Ah, man, you know, there's always those one thing or the two things you forget to say. It happens to me in class all the time. The kids walk out the door and then I'm like, ah, oh, I forgot to tell them this. And that just happened to me when recording this episode. So a couple things that I want to talk about really quickly. Oftentimes, a lot of teachers ask about whether or not students should copy down the text that you're writing as you write? And my answer is maybe they can, but they don't have to. So there's a couple of different thoughts behind that idea. Depending on the needs of your students and how much time you have in class, 
Maybe you're on block and you have a really long time and maybe you have a really squirrely class that needs the help focusing. Or maybe you have students that just want that reassurance and want those notes in a notebook. So here's what I say to my students. I learned this from Tina Hargaden. I say, if you want to write and copy it down, you can. So any student that really likes to take notes, they're free to copy it anytime. The rest of you, as long as you can pay attention and participate as we write, then you don't need to write it down. If you can't pay attention and focus and participate, then you will have to copy it so I can make sure that you're staying with me. And sometimes I'll have them like, turn and tell a neighbor, hey, don't mess this up, I don't want to write it down, or something like that, just to kind of make light of it. But some days I do have the students copy because I want them to. Some days it's because I have 20 minutes left in class and having them copy takes up more time and I just need those minutes for my brain and for my mental health. So it depends on the situation. When you have students copy, if they're copying, like the whole class is copying at once, you want to give the faster processors something to do and the slower processors time to get the writing down. So what I do is we will write one sentence together. There is a shoe, period. And then while I'm writing, their job is to watch and participate. I will pause and then they pick up their pencils and they copy the sentence. If the students are fast processors, you could have them write the translation of that sentence into English on the piece of paper right below the Spanish sentence or the target language sentence. You could have them add a new detail, like make a little carrot in the sentence, you know, and add in a detail or a word that they could say um, to make it more interesting, something along those lines. And that will give your slower writers chance to finish up the sentence. I will usually look, notice that most of the students are done, and then I will count down from five, and then we'll do the next sentence together. And that really does make it take quite a bit longer, probably double the amount of time, if not more, because the students are slower writers than we are as teachers. So keep that in mind if you want to have them copy. But I just wanted to add those thoughts here onto the end of the episode quickly, because I know the question gets asked a lot. So if your kids need it, if they need that help, that accountability, that extra piece to keep them focused on what you're doing, then yes, absolutely have them copy. If you have kids that want to copy because they want to have notes or something physical to take home, yes, absolutely have them do that. If you have lots of time and you need to burn up some time because you just can't anymore that day, then yes, absolutely have them copy. But if your kids are engaged and participating and you have something to do, like those other activities I mentioned, volleyball reading, um, translating into English, acting it out when you're finished with creating this text, then you don't need to have them copy. And you don't have to have them copy all the time, even if you want them to every once in a while. So hopefully that'll answer that question before it gets asked.